This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson at WillPaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Justin, joined by Justin Kamara. I don't know why I just botched that. I always botch everyone's name. Uh, Jets content creator, got a million different things on TikTok, you know, YouTube, Twitter, the whole nine yards. How are we doing today, man? Good, good, Will. I appreciate you having me on. It's been an honor to be doing make, making some appearances on Jet Content Creator shows. And our content fan base has the best content creators it's a wide range of talent so kudos to you and what you've been able to build here and contribute so just happy to be here and happy to still be talking about relevant football yeah i know it's uh it's something that it feels like you know we're, we're recording this monday night it feels like kind of getting second to you know sit take a deep breath after yesterday look i, I think going into the game i don't know anybody that picked the jets even you know they were obviously double digit underdogs they're on the road against the number one seed in the league and number one seed in the afc and you know, they make it a close game. Um, you know, it kind of feels like they sh- maybe should have won the game yesterday. If you really go back at it, they obviously had a lot of, a lot of things go wrong, you know, injury wise calls, the whole nine yards mistakes. Well, I guess what your overall takeaway from yesterday, because it, it just feels like a game that the discourse is not matching what I think we saw, uh, you know, kind of play out. Overall, the last two weeks, I've been coming away from the losses a little bit easier than I would have before. The Patriot losses obviously pissed me off the most, because you just feel like that's one you cannot lose. But when you play against the Vikings and you play against the Bills, and we know that we have a good football team, and we see the team battling the way that they did to the very, very end, just giving themselves a chance in the fourth quarter is all we could ask for. Um, I've been taking the the losses a lot lighter than I have in the past, and I I think that just goes to show the – how good this team has been. And and we can walk away feeling like we were right there and just a couple plays away. Yeah, look, I I think it's frustrating because you look at the injury to Q, uh, you look at Mike White getting decapitated. You look at Corey Davis going out, um, you know, early in that game, George Fant missed, missed a period of time to hold Josh Allen, 145, 147 yards, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, Not getting that turnover. I do think it did suck. And, you know, you, you obviously don't see, um, you know, you see the Flacco fumble, which was, was really hard to watch, to be honest oh. with you. Um, that fumble, and we'll get into the Zach and Mike White stuff here in a second, but that's one of those reasons where as much as I agreed with Zach being inactive initially, um, having to have Joe Flacco in a game at any point right now is just not feasible. And I think that'll change this week. We heard solid today. I, it feels like Zach's going to be, be the number two kind of going forward. Um, the Michael Carter fumble was the killer for me. Though. I think that's the difference in the game. I know everyone will point to mostly his penalty. Again, I understand what he was trying to do. Just the risk reward to me was not worth it. Um, like you stopped them there. That's great. But the penalty was just, they were never going to snap that. And, you know, the, if the Bills gain one yard there, are we sure they score? Maybe not. Getting that penalty was a total momentum shift. The crowd was got re-energized. It sucked. Um, 
But the Carter fumble, it's 29. Mike White's back in the game. The Jets have all the momentum. They just got to stop. They're driving, moving the ball right down the field. And that fumble, not only that, takes multiple time, mm-hmm. multiple, you know, multiple minutes off the clock. You know, there's a real chance the Jets are 20 to 16, even 20 to 12, 20 to 17, six minutes to go, all the momentum. They're winning that football game. I feel like um, that too. So I guess, how do you feel like Mike White played yesterday? Because I thought he was fine. Um, I, I don't know. I thought he was fine. Like, I don't think it was any bad performance I, by any sense. I thought he was fine as well. I think he does t- this tendency of getting off of his reads really well and getting right to that check down, which doesn't hurt because it's still a positive play. But early in that first drive, he they showed the replay that he had Elijah Moore running straight down to the end zone. If he would maybe stuck to that read a split second longer, maybe he'd rip that, and that's a big play to start. But overall, he's been fine. I don't think he had any throws that were really dangerous that you'd say, what the hell was he throwing there? Um, I do think the injuries did affect his ability to staying in the pocket a little bit longer and ripping some throws. Because when they came out that second half, I thought it was going to be a completely different game. And once he got folded in that second half, I literally said folded, like Wonder Bread in the back of the shelf. Um, it, I think it changed the whole energy around the team. You know, the Bills strike back, it's 14-7. And you know what? We were probably moving down to try to get back to score. He gets folded. Flacco comes in, and it just really snowballed from there. Um, so, yeah, I think the Flacco backup days are finally over. I think the Jets really realize that like Zach at least has a pulse. And if he, something goes down, he has that ability to make a play or extend a play with his, with his feet and with, um, you know, with his regular talent, but Flacco there, that just deflated us bad. And I think overall, if Mike was a little bit more protected, I think he probably has a really strong second half because he looked pretty good. He's making a lot of throws to the sideline and making some smart reads. Yeah. Look, I think, I thought, White, again, the two sacks he took, would love to see him get rid of the ball. He had one or two balls batted down. I pointed to the throw. The second to last throw of the game, I felt like he rushed it a little bit. Again, there's pressure there. He'd been getting murdered, so mm-hmm. I, I, you get it. Still put up some decent numbers. Um, thought he had made some really impressive throws. The one to Elijah where he got folded in the beginning. The throw after he came in, the Garrett Wilson, you know, far you know, far out hash. Uh, I thought it was a nice throw. He had some other ones that was impressive as well. Mm-hmm. I just feel like he's there's a co- coolness, a calmness um, to him in the pocket. And again, I know people point to the red zone. The Jets were in the red zone twice. It feels like, and they, you know, or three times, I guess, whatever they fumbled once. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They score the other time. And then, you know, third and two um, don't love the play call there. And I, again, but at the same time, I don't know what the actual reads were, right. We don't know, right. you know, was Garrett Wilson, the initial read and not open. And so he went to bury us there. Um, did you agree with kicking it there down 20 to nine, or did you think they should have gone for it? I felt like they should have gone for it because you don't know if you're going to get that close. Again, if you get a touchdown there, you're obviously down at worst. You don't get the two-point conversion there. Was it nine? It's 20 to 17 or it's 20 to 16. You may still have to get a touchdown, but if you do get the two-point there, you don't have to go the length of the field. I think the Jets got the ball on the 25, 30-yard line. A 30-yard play or two quick strikes to the sideline, and you're that you're in Greg Zerline. Uh, distance. So I would have went for the touchdown. I mean, at that point, I feel like the field goal was a little bit conservative. It kind of gave me Todd Bowles vibes a little bit, but you know, the Jets are still learning how to manage the clock late in the game. And I, for the most part, they have handled it pretty well. They got the ball back again in the Vikings game, managing their timeouts and they had them gave themselves a chance. So, I mean, I think it could have worked out either way, but I, I think they wanted to make sure they got some points and they felt like they could get the ball back again with enough time. But, yeah, I mean, look, they ended up getting the ball back at 46 seconds. It just... 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To your point, I guess the reasoning for kicking there would be if you don't get that, the game's over, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're done. So you, the hope is, you know, get points here, get the ball back. It worked. Um, but obviously, again, it, it was unfortunate. Kind of the last drive felt like the second that there was an incompletion of first and second down, it was like, oh, this is this is this is going to yeah. be tough here. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, obviously it's a loss that hurts, but I don't think it's kind of season ending. Do you still think Mike White's, you know, the right quarterback for the team? Are you one of the Zach truthers? That's like, Oh, he's five and two and QB wins are the most important stat, but yeah. you know, historically, John, John Orfer got a QB win by the way on Thursday, like three <laughs> plays, just for context. Right. Historically I've always been like a attached to the jet quarterbacks, but I've already been a jet fan long enough and seen enough quarterbacks where I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to, you know, die on a hill with anybody as much as I like Zach as a prospect still. And I feel like he's still unknown can't put him in reasonably right now with Mike White playing. He's played fine enough for us to win a couple of plays away, really, with between these Jet games. You know, New England was one play. Um, Minnesota, one play last week. This play was, you know, this game was a couple of plays. Well, you know, the Mosley fourth and one, uh, the fumble, the the two fumble, the other fumble by Michael Carter. Mike's the guy. Mike's deserved a shot to be the quarterback the rest of the season. He just and the way the team just rallies around him is something is something else. I mean, after that game with the beating that he took yesterday, to see him keep going in there, that guys rally around that. That's infectious. And you know what? That's that's something that you can't just cast away to the side. Like playoff football, Northeast football. You want to be a winning team. You want a guy that's willing to literally die on the field for his team. And barring an injury where he's out, where I don't think they're gonna see Zach, but Put him in the second spot, but Mike's got it's either Mike or Zach down the stretch, and it's gonna yeah, be Mike. Yeah, Flacco should not be playing. And um, again, I, I'm all in favor of Zach being the backup. I just I think we're having a little bit of revisionist history sometimes when people talk about, you know, go back to that Green Bay game. Zach was really bad. Um, uh, you know, everyone talks about how great the Packers. The Packers are not good. The Steelers are very bad. Like looking back at it, like. Those are not games. I mean, the game Jets won in the Steelers game. Zach had a really nice fourth quarter, and I'm not taking anything away from him. But I think we right. all objectively can be honest. The first half, first three quarters of that game, outside the first drive, was, was pretty bad. Um, the interceptions were not pretty. And it was fine. First game back, you let it go. You know, Denver's a really good defense. But, yep. you know, other teams have put up numbers on Denver, you know, it seems like a little bit recently. And, you know, obviously it's a different game. But, you know, Zach didn't wasn't great in that game. So, again, you cut him some slack, hard defense. You know, Miami game, sure, he was fine. You know, he threw right. 230 yards, and most of it was on one play and, um, you know, had no passing. You know, I just – I think that we we do this thing where, you know, in the New England games, he single-handedly lost in the game. So, right. it's hard to – you know, I don't I don't feel – you know, I feel like Mike White was awesome against Chicago. I think that's very obvious. I think he was pretty good, um, you know, against Minnesota. Obviously, yep. it wasn't great and then was was solid yesterday. I don't – again, don't think he was special, but I think he gives them the best chance to win. Um I want to kind of, you know, I guess fin- not finish, but I want to kind of get moved towards, you know, the next four weeks, right? You know, mm-hmm. Jets are seven and six as currently, you know, stands before this comes out. New England is not playing until eight o'clock, but uh, the Jets are either going to be the eight or the nine seed, you know, as of as of tomorrow morning. That said, 
Um, they control their own destiny. It feels like they play Miami again. You know, Miami plays New England again. Miami mm-hmm. also plays Buffalo on Saturday night. That's right. going to be certainly something. Miami plays Green Bay in prime time. Miami plays, uh, you know, they've got a tough schedule. Obviously, the Jets, the Chargers play the Titans and a few other teams in division rivals. You never mm-hmm. know what could happen in those games. Um, New England obviously has Arizona, Oakland, or sorry, Vegas, and then Buffalo and Miami. Again, Jets have probably the softest schedule outside of the Chargers remaining. Right. Um, what do you think happens? Do you feel confident they make the playoffs still, or are you starting to get a little worried with some of these losses kind of piling up? I, I still feel good about our, our playoff chances. I know we've seen some collapses in the past, 2008, 2011, and then we've been in the drop forever, but I don't think it was ever going to be easy. I think every single playoff run in the recent history, even 2009, a lot of great things had to happen for the Jets to be able to get in there. And I think I don't even think 2010, they really clinched until really the last couple of weeks of the season. So, again, we're going to need a little bit of help to make sure that we get some space, especially with New England. But I think their schedule balances out differently than ours. The Jets have some winnable games here, and I do think they're a better team than the Lions, the Jags. I think they're better than Seattle, and I think Miami right now, you can put – it could be a toss-up, um, especially if Miami continues to keep sliding like they did. Because I mean, Tua looked horrible yesterday. So, I mean – Something about the, you know, San Francisco or the Chargers must have did something to the Dolphins' offense, and maybe something's been figured out with that. But um, I think we're I think we're going to be fine. Um, Lions are surging, but anytime they've played a team that has a really solid defense, they've really struggled. Um, New England absolutely dismantled them um, and made them look really silly. I think Nani had put out that they're uh, a lot of the teams down the stretch are heavily um, reliant on offense and not defense. And the Jets' defense is always going to give them a chance. And, if, of course, these teams aren't great defensively. I think we have a good shot, you know, so I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I think 3-1 and one definitely gets you in. 4-0 obviously guarantees it. 2-2 two and two would be pushing it. You need a lot of luck because mm-hmm. um, of some of the tiebreakers. But, man, um, I just don't see why they can't get to 3-1. and one. I, I'm going to get greedy. I don't know why they can't win all four of these games. You know, I, win, I agree. You know, maybe it's the week – one of Seattle, you can't lose either of these games. They're must-win games at home. And I know this got pointed out by Connor and Joe and Badlands, but these are playoff atmospheres for the next four weeks. And, they, you know, mm-hmm. they played in it the last two weeks. This is huge for a young team that has, yeah. you know, is trying to learn how to win. And you just would like to see, you know, they came up just a little short these last two. Can they close the door in these next two games, get themselves to nine and six, feeling good about, can we win at least, uh, you know, can we at least win one of these two, um, yeah. you know, to get in? So, I'm on the same page as you. I, I just, I don't see, I don't know necessarily see the doom and gloom, um, you know, here two quick questions before we, uh, before we kind of wrap here. Sure. One, what's going on with Michael Carter? Um, is he just not healthy? It just feels like outside of like one or two moments in the Buffalo game and, and maybe Miami, he's, he's not really had the, the type of year. I think a lot of many were expecting from him. I think, I think again, just, the way the offense has kind of shifted, I don't think he maybe maybe he's not the greatest fit for the offense as we thought he would. I think Bam Knight and Brees Hall have similar running styles. They're more explosive. They're hitting the hole a lot quicker. Carter's a smaller, shiftier guy. Um, I think his health has also obviously been a factor. Um, he's been decent in the red zone for us. He's had a couple of touchdown runs. He's had some good plays. I think he's got to be utilized more as a pass catching running back and not really more of it in between the tackles and up the middle. He's just not that type of runner, and I think he could still contribute nicely for us as a blocker or as a pass catcher. But, you know, running the football, can he do the job? Sure, but he he, he even said it himself. He tried to run over um, a, a safety there in that spot, and that's what made him dive forward. And 
you know, left the ball vulnerable. He didn't really have to do that. Um, so yeah. I don't know I if think it's a, he'll be fine. It's like a but... confidence thing too. Sometimes with these guys, it's like his role has been so all over the place all year. Like you mentioned that, you know, maybe your confidence is shot. Mm-hmm. You want to make a play to get on the field more. You're not really healthy. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes one of the most, no, I don't want to say dangerous because it's, it's not fair to say that, but um, it's, it's certainly, uh, it's been a lot. How good's Garrett Wilson? Like, are we talking, I've got top 10 potential in the league. Cause he's, he's going to probably be a 1200 yard receiver this year, which is, is nuts. He'll get there. I think if we had Mike starting the whole season, or if, even if Zach was playing at any type of competent level down the or in the middle of that season stretch, he would have been hit a thousand yards. I mean, the guy, I think I was joking to myself. I'm like, Trey White has probably never seen a Jet receiver this good, giving him this oh, much no work. no chance. I mean, he beat him on the slant, beat him on the outside, and, I'm, and I, I feel like every time we go on the field, there's not one guy on the field that can mess with Garrett Wilson, and he's a, he's a game changer. I mean, the way he was able to stop on a dime, it looked like he was moonwalking to get more yards. So I really – he's going to be the focal point of the offense down the stretch. I'm praying that he just, again, fingers crossed – we keep the injury luck on our side with this guy. Um, you know, Corey seems to be a bad luck thing. Elijah has started to finally get up. But Gary's got to be the main guy every single time. And I really want to see them target him more in the red zone. I don't know why Barrios is getting some of these looks, like you said earlier. Maybe he was coming off the read. But Wilson is a guy that's an absolute threat. And I think other teams are realizing that. Maybe that's why he's not getting those targets. But we got we to gotta look to him, and we got to keep looking to more, too, because he finally – he finally seems to have a 10 target game and he was really seems to be a, a focal point of the offense. Yeah. Between the last three games, Elijah's got, you know, 10 catches, which may not seems like a lot, but he's only got like 20, he's only got like 21 for the year. So it's like, you know, the majority of obviously, you know, his production's all been the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. He's starting to find his groove a little bit. Gary Wilson's been a stud, as you mentioned, Denzel Mims had a nice day yesterday. Um, I'd like to see him continue to uh, continue to ascend. And then obviously, you know, Getting Corey, Corey Davis is, you know, he gets his drop or his penalty out of the way in the first quarter, and then he turns back into the guy that, they, you know, they paid him. It's got to keep him on the field. I don't know. I'm curious if he'll play this week. It seems like they like his chances, but, yeah, um, you know, the con- concussion, you never know how severe or not something is. Um, why don't you kind of give everyone where, where to find you? Obviously, you know, you, some of the live streams and stuff are, are quite entertaining if um, that's yep. something people, you know, like to uh, like to watch. Yep. I'm Justin C on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, I tried my best to be live for every single jet game. Thankfully, my schedule's played out nicely where I can be live for this Lions game, live for the Jags, and live for the Seahawks game. And I should be good for the Miami game down the stretch and any playoff series. So we try our best to be live. We try to get content out as soon as the game is over. Um, I do all the editing and everything myself, so it does take some time. I usually wait till the day after to post everything, kind of as like a Monday refresher, Monday um, recap. So I just enjoy doing what I do. Of course, I got a full-time career to manage, but this is my, my escape. The Jets uh, are that, are that release. You, we, for, we enjoy our Yankees stuff. escape sometimes more, but this year at least it's been uh, somewhat equal. Yeah. Thankfully, I mean, with everything with the Yankees, I mean, with the way they planned against the Astros, I was like, thank God I could finally focus on the Jets. They're doing pretty well. So I think we're going to be have, we're in for a roller coaster season and, and the end is, it was never going to be easy for this Jet team, breaking the drought, heck, even trying to find a quarterback. Not conventional, not easy. Um, I think this team's up for the challenge, though, so I'm excited. Yeah, I appreciate it. We'll uh, be back tomorrow. Uh, Meigs will be on. We'll be talking a little bit more recap of this game. Looking forward to Detroit. And then, uh, you know, later in the week, we'll have another one. But appreciate everybody for listening. We'll talk to you guys. uh, Talk to you guys tomorrow. Ah, mm. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.